Justice today has announced a critical legal step to hold accountable sanctuary cities that violate federal law and free criminal aliens back into our communities. We can't have that. Can't have it. And the mayors who choose to boycott this event have put the needs of criminal illegal immigrants over law-abiding Americans. But let me tell you, the vast majority of people showed up. Obvious racist Donald Trump speaking on immigration. Go ahead. Sanctuary cities are the best friend of gangs and cartels like MS-13. You know that. Yeah, the uh, middle clip, he was referring to the fact that he had a big meeting of American mayors and a couple of grandstanders didn't show up because of the sanctuary city thing. Um, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want federal money for your bridges anyway, but that's controversial. I'm, I'm, I'm now a lawyer. I just I don't get how that's even a possibly a thing that cities and states can decide. Yeah, now what? We don't believe in immigration policy. How could that possibly? How can you possibly run a country like that? Do you think there's any chance the Supreme Court's going to say that's okay when you it know, finally gets there? No. No. There may be some, you know, you don't have to actively seek out the feds if you discover you have an illegal or whatever in your jail. That could be. Sure. Uh, but you have to obey a detainer. I mean, otherwise you have chaos. Um, you know, the the incredibly grandstanding uh, Attorney General of California who's talking about suing any employer who cooperates with the feds. I mean, that is the most amazing pandering of my ethnicity before my country that I've ever heard. Well, how about, I believe it's in California now that you can't, for instance, if you have an apartment, you're not allowed to ask people if they're U.S. citizens before you rent to them. Right. Seriously? How can that possibly be? Why would you want to rent to somebody who's not a U.S. citizen? How are you going to, how are you ever going to keep track of them or anything? All right. Right. If they trash the place and disappear. Using somebody else's social security number or whatever? No, you're not allowed to. Because that would be racist. So there's this uh, Harvard poll on immigration that's out that's got some pretty amazing numbers. Well, they're not amazing to me. I know that this is what America thinks. But it might be amazing to uh, to you if you follow most of the media through, or you follow most of this through the media. 70, this is the latest. This just confirms things that we've been saying for years. 79% of Americans agreed that you, the U.S. needs secure borders. So about 80% of people want secure borders. Uh, we currently have a, a lottery that allows 50,000 people to enter the U.S. each year. The idea is that we get greater diversity that way. Just randomly choose mm-hmm. people who apply. 68% of Americans oppose that. The lottery wow. system that allows 50,000 random people to show up. Almost 70% of Americans. That includes a lot of Democrats. That includes a lot of different races sure. that say, no, that's a terrible idea. Well, it's probably because they've never heard of any country going ahead and doing that. Um, Originally established, they say, in the uh, the 60s or the 70s to let more Irish people in. And here's my favorite number. To, to me, obviously... Because uh, we're so jovial and likable. Yes? <laughs> you Irish? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ask anybody. I'm going to call it 80%. It's 79% because there is a margin of error always. Might as well call it 80%. Sure. It's just easier. Favor merit-based immigration over family-based migration. Based on a question asking, this is from the Harvard-Harris poll, immigration priority for those coming to the U.S. should be based on a person's ability to contribute to America as measured by their education and skills or based on having relatives in the United States. 80% of Americans want it based on your skill level. So about half. It's not even close. Yeah. 
It's not even close. But if you take the stuff in through the media and the most vocal people in our government, only a racist would do that. Right. Would, would say any of these things. Yeah. Well, that shows you the power of A, having the media on your side, and B, being able to throw around a charge like racism in an atmosphere where people are so terrified of being called out that they, they cower, they retreat. It's unbelievable. Trump, that's, when, that's why I said the other day, and I still say it, um, using the word, I don't know how people re- re- react to that, but the general notion of why do we let so many people in from these asshole countries, I guarantee you that's over half of the country agrees with that. Sure. Based on those numbers from Harvard, I'd say it's probably more like 70 80% say, yeah, why do we let so many people in from these asshole countries? Right. Why would we? Why would anybody? Right. You know, I don't have it in front of me and take too long to find, but there was this uh, this uh, liberal fellow who'd been um, who'd been tweeting uh, like mad about what a racist Trump was with his asshole country's uh, comment and the rest of it. It was definitely rude, but uh, anyway, so he was he was super on that. And then uh, the next day, he's tweeting about how the uh, El Salvadorans who were uh, they were there under the special refugee visa, and it was time for them to go back. And he was saying, so we're going to send these people back to a crime-ridden, violent, poverty-stricken country. You mean an asshole country? And somebody, somebody <laughs> replied to him, yeah, there's a term for that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. That doesn't mean the POTUS ought to be using it. I, for one, I appreciate good manners. A bit of decorum, a little dignity, please. That's why they call me Joe Diggs sometimes. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> no, you pipe down when they're not calling me High Road. It's Joe Diggs. He, why do they call him that? Because he's really into dignity. But anyway, yeah, there probably ought to be some dignity. But, oh, please, all of you, with your, with your doilies and your pinky extended and your, your spat saying, oh, no, that sort of language is to describe the third world. Oh, no. Come on. You're not fooling anybody. Most of the issues around immigration are not controversial. To have a controversial issue, you have to be somewhere around 50%. Right. These aren't even close. Right. Overwhelming majorities believe X, Y, Z. You realize when you have 80% agreement, a 20% on the other side, and it might not even be 20% on the other side, but that's a 60-point win. Yeah. That's not a controversial subject. Yeah. So the idea that we should have merit-based immigration, it's case closed. It's not a controversial topic Let's at get all. get it started now, right now. If there's some Norwegian, some Irishman, English, uh, French, whatever, anybody on earth, who's broken the laws of this country, and they're here illegally, and the authorities have them in jail. I want them to call the feds and ship that law-breaking French bastard out of the country. An accusation of racism is not only a lazy argument, it's it's a non-argument. You have no argument. Now, if you're talking to a racist, well, then call him a racist. I would, too. I'll stand next to you and do it with you. But if you're just talking to the 80% of Americans who want a coherent immigration policy that is then enforced, your cries of racism are not only nothing, they're, they're damaging. They're damaging to people who endure real racism. By the way, it takes two parties to allow nothing to be done on an oh, issue where, hell, where yeah. almost everybody is in agreement. Yeah, for the 133rd time, the Republican Party has been 100% complicit with the Democrats for different reasons in allowing illegal immigration to, to continue. And that, you know, some of you hardline immigration types, that's why I'll just speak for myself. I have a much more 
um, patient, merciful view of the people who are already here or the DACA people or whatever. You have had both parties. You've had a society to a large extent sending the message. Come on in. We need the labor. Come on in. We need the labor. Come on in. We want the voters. We want Democrats to register. Come on in. We want you. Both parties for decades. And so now these people are here and we're going to act like it's some sort of nightmarish outrage that they're here. See, I'm sorry. I can't go as far as some of y'all go for that reason. Well, that's a that's a 80-20 issue also. So. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, it is. Some sort of reasonable path to citizenship of folks who have been squeaky clean in return for real border security and real e-verify, real enforcement that if you sneak into this country, taxpayers don't have to support your ass. That's all that's all reasonable people are asking for. And to say that's racism, well that's it's such a weak argument it's hilarious. So, glad to have the backing of the Harvard Harris poll on that. The old HH. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not poll. exactly a conservative right-wing wing poll. Well, no. Now, 80% for the love of God. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of virtue signaling, this is so precious. It doesn't deserve a lot of time, but it deserves some. So old Ed Lee uh, went to meet his maker, Mayor of San Francisco. Um, and a couple of nights ago, what's the date on this? doesn't matter. Uh, the San Francisco City Board of Communist Supervisors experienced a putsch of sorts. A new mayor was appointed. He's Mark Farrell, the city's second interim mayor since Ed Lee died suddenly of a heart attack in December. Like every other person on the Board of Supervisors and the late Lee, Farrell is a Democrat. But when he became the new interim mayor, all hell broke loose. Why? Stay tuned. Oh, boy, that's a good tease. All hell broke loose. That was like Hatred, a- angst, humiliation, bitterness. That's like the end of a chapter in a Harry Potter book that I'm reading right now. So it's just, it's just got me interested for the right. next thing that's going to happen. Right. The NBA wants to be the first league to, says, to say, yeah, we want legalized gambling on our sport. Really push it big time. Because it's happening anyway, right? They want to they go big on it. Point shaving is so easy in basketball. Go ahead. I think it'd be funny to watch. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. Michael Cohen is listed as the authorized person on these documents. That's the wrong thing. That's not what it was supposed to be. What happened? Hold on, let me see if I just clicked the wrong one. Michael Cohen is... No, I saved the... That was supposed to be a Seth Meyers joke, but as you can hear... Michael Cohen is... Li- that's not Seth Meyers. Is it a joke at all? No, no, that's not even a... No, they completely misfiled entirely. Wow. Who's to blame? Oh, only me. Okay. Yeah, just me. Good. Well, that's important. I was having his... It's important to know. I was having as deep a conversation with a coworker as you can have as a human being. Really? At work. You don't expect that, do you? No. Indeed. Too heavy for the radio. Too heavy for anything. Too heavy for (laughs) human existence. How about like a really long artsy movie that gets nominated for an Oscar? That'd be pretty good. So I didn't catch the Oscar nominations. Three billboards get everything? Uh, The the fish movie. Yeah. A lot. Shape Shape of Water Water had the most nominations with 14. I think the second one had like eight or something like that. Or 13. One shy of the record. 13 nominations. Awesome. So, uh, 
Old Ed Lee croaked it a while back. He died from this is the mayor of San Francisco. Heart attack. Heart attack. Though, right? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't stand him politically, honestly. But I didn't wish anybody to have a sudden heart attack. Well, well there are a handful of people. Isn't I do. that nice? Of no, I do have a list. Actually, how about Jared from Subway? He wasn't on it. Um, you don't Ed wish Lee he wasn't on it. You don't wish Jared from Subway would have a massive heart attack today and die? No, I'd let him off the hook. Oh, you want him to suffer in prison? Yeah, I'm vengeful. Wow, that's yeah. cold. Man. Anyway, oh, that is you know cold. Me. You know me. So, anyway, uh, they've had an acting mayor, one London breed. Uh, she's a, a a woman. Of uh, She's a black woman. She was removed from the job by her colleagues at the Board of Supervisors in a Tuesday vote that surprised many in the city. They replaced her with Supervisor Mark Farrell until voters select a new mayor in June. And uh, many of the people there went crazy. Absolutely crazy. Because... As soon as it became apparent that the first African-American woman to lead San Francisco was being replaced by a white male, not only a white male, which is the worst sort of human being, but representing some of the city's wealthier neighborhoods, the board chambers erupted. Members of the audience infuriated chanted, shame, shame, shame. Some shouted, this is war. I've never, You'll never, ever trust fighting. This is war. As board members left the chambers, I've never shouted shame at a meeting. I might try you should. that. I might try that out. Farrell initially secured the seat by seven to two vote, but fo- faced a second vote when Supervisor Katie Tang panicked and withdrew her initial vote of support. Nice <laughs> convictions, Katie. In the end, Farrell took a vote, took office with a six to three vote, um, and then uh, the crowd went wild. As asked whether her removal as acting mayor was due to underlying racism, keep in mind, everybody in this room is to the left of Che Guevara. I mean, this is a gathering of socialists uh, who are only, uh, they only differ with their colleagues in that some of their colleagues are communists. But asking whether her removal as acting mayor was due to underlying, underlying racism, the breed declined to say it was. I don't want to dwell on that particular element because it has sadly brought out the worst in some people. And so what I am trying to do as a leader in the city is bring out the best in people. Well, I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't quite get how that answers the question. Uh, and then they, they get more into the wrangling, but I uh, absolutely love it. Uh, in her remarks, which were at sometimes tearful, Supervisor Hillary Ronan called, uh, she was talking about a high-tech mogul, Ron Conway, who strongly backed Breed and Mayor Lee, but which is interesting, but she says, there are white, rich men, billionaires in this city that have steered the policies for the past mayoral administrations that have gotten us into this absolute mess that we're in today where poor people and people of color cannot afford to live in the city. Um, and there's actually a lot of truth to that. It's been the effort to build some sort of utopia in San Francisco that's made it so unaffordable. Um, but I think it's notable that instead of talking about car break-ins, which, have, which are growing at 26% annually... Uh, because the utopians decided to decriminalize crime. So in four years, everybody's car gets broken. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Perfect math. Um, let's see. Then they're not talking about construction costs, et cetera, et cetera, um, or the poo all over. Or Actually, thank goodness, they finally finished debating what Walk punishment. through poo to get to your car, which now has smashed windows. <laughs> right, exactly. So you, you stand there, poo smeared next to your car, thinking, what the hell do I do now? Um. 
And then they mention also that uh, San Francisco recently passed a policy that servers cannot give you a straw for your soft drink unless you ask for one. Yes, finally. Uh, otherwise, you're you're violating the laws of the land. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. And I was I was reading more about this. Uh, what did they do with it? Uh, Javier Becerra, the uh, Attorney General of California. Concerned about rumors of an soon immigration enforcement sweep in California, State Attorney General Javier Becerra on Thursday, I think it was last Thursday, warned employers he's going to seek fines if they violate a new state law that prohibits them from giving information on employees to federal authorities. You will be fined. You are breaking California law if... The feds say to you, we need information on your employees, and they don't have a warrant or a, uh, what's the, a subpoena. So if you voluntarily, voluntarily cooperate with federal authorities who are enforcing the law, you have violated, you have broken state laws. This, this seems like arguing parents somehow bringing their kids in to settle an argument sort of thing. Yeah. It seems like this is not how it should be done. I mean, can you imagine if you were breaking California state law to say to the FBI, I saw the gunman run away from the bank robbery. He was a tall guy. He was wearing a blue jacket because you cooperated with federal law enforcement, legitimately enforcing federal law without a warrant or subpoena. You're now a lawbreaker in California. You know, you could probably get a little more effed up if you try California, but it's going to take everything you got. Uh, briefly speaking of San Francisco, I don't have time to get into it right now. The old guy who's claiming he escaped from Alcatraz with yes. the other two dudes, like the Clint Eastman. yesterday. Do you believe him? Yes, I you do. do. I do, I do. Awesome. I really do. So exciting. I want to talk more about that later. That's so exciting. I see no reason not to. And he's, not to believe it. And he's saying... You put me in prison, give me the medical care. I'll tell you how we got out, where we went. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, I'll tell you where I am and everything. Although, you know, he said he was in pretty bad shape from cancer in 2013. Yeah. So, he may be with us, maybe not. Wow, that's exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump stirring things up at Davos. Nuclear scientists have just adjusted the doomsday clock. And we've got the latest on an Oprah run for the White House, all coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Oh, that's right. Oprah running for president. Yes. That was a big story. For it went like a week and a half without talking about that. Yeah. So it did go away. It yeah. did. It did. It, went, it got out of the news. Briefly. And is big-time gambling going to be legalized with professional sports? Well, the NBA is hoping to start that and get it going. That'll be exciting. <laughs> Steph Curry, one for 14 from downtown tonight. A rough night. Oh, okay. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Should we have any idea where the other two dudes went? Yeah, they, uh, well, they, they lived their lives and passed away in, I think it, it was the 80s or uh, from the Alcatraz escape. The guy that's that what John the, Anglin right, said. Right. Yeah. Well, that's one theory. I have a theory that one of them changed the name to Sean Connery, became a British actor, then reprised his role in the documentary <laughs> yeah. The Rock about his escape. Has right? been faking a Scottish accent for 50 years. So, which one's the one that we were seeing the picture of that wrote the letter? Is that the Clint Eastwood one? Oh, I don't know that. Mm. 
I don't remember the movie that well. Yeah. But I, I paused at one point in our discussions because I was really rooting for him to be successful. I always have. Then I thought, well, wait a minute. Why? Well, if these guys were serial rapists and murderers, and we looked it up, sure enough, they were bank robbers, the Anglin brothers. Yeah. They're bank robbers who were very proud of the fact that they'd never hurt anybody. Hmm. In fact, they only used a gun once, and it was phony. Okay, well then, good oh. for them for getting away, I guess. Yeah, the reason they were in Alcatraz, <laughs> the reason they were in Alcatraz, is that they couldn't hold them in any other prison. They kept escaping. Oh, really? They weren't good wow. at being on the lam, apparently, because they kept right. getting caught. And they escaped again from uh, the from unescapable. Iraq. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump shaking things up. He's saying the Palestinians have got to return to peace talks with Israel if they want to receive any U.S. aid money. We give them. Hundreds of millions of dollars in aid and support, numbers that nobody understands. That money is on the table, and that money's not going to them unless they sit down and negotiate peace. He slammed the Palestinian president for disrespecting us a few weeks ago when they refused to meet with Vice President Pence during his trip to the Middle East. A lot of people refused to meet with Pence. Come on. Earlier this month, the Trump administration cut $65 million in aid to a U.N. agency that serves Palestinian refugees. Now, he was saying, Trump was saying all this during a meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in Davos today. Netanyahu, sitting by Trump's side, then pledged to back Trump all the way if he decides to pull the U.S. out of the Iranian nuclear deal. Mm. So you've got all kinds of deals upon deals upon deals. You know, the Palestinian thing, the particulars of yes. it depend entirely on how you see the thing macro. I understand that. But that that money that he's talking about was an ori- was originally an inducement to sit down and start talking about yep. peace. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like every government program, though, it's become permanent no matter the status of, of the peace, the so-called peace process. So... Today's read, Mood of the American People. Got a new poll indicating 84% of U.S. voters think the recent federal government shutdown was mainly unnecessary. The Quinnipiac University poll also indicating there's an equal number of voters who blame President Trump and the Democrats for the shutdown. So it's pretty much yeah. split down I'm, the middle. I'm not sure ultimately these short shutdowns have any uh, yeah. much effect on anything. Yeah. And the polls also showing, as you guys have pointed out before, 75% of voters support allowing children brought to the country illegally as children to remain in the U.S. The right. There, there is very little in the immigration debate that is actually controversial. I mean, it's controversial, but there are overwhelming majorities in favor of one thing or the other. Right. Nuclear scientists. Which is not controversial politically. It means you should be able to pass very easily. Right. Mm-hmm. With very uh, with very little worry for most politicians, the idea of they stay border secure, no more chain migration. We're going to do it um, uh, talent based, whatever you call it, for letting people merit. in merit right. based. Yeah. That is overwhelming. Easy, you could write that up today and it would pass. Yeah, you want bipartisanship? There's plenty of it in D.C. Both parties are in favor of illegal immigration continuing. Nuclear scientists are moving the doomsday clock. 30 seconds closer to midnight. Because because it is now set at two minutes to midnight. They're doing this because of fears over nuclear weapons and climate change. Climate change? Climate change. The doomsday clock includes climate change now? According to the scientists, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists updates the symbolic clock every year. The doomsday clock 
is the closest it's been to midnight since 1953 when the first hydrogen bomb was well, tested. Right, when they only included H-bombs. The climate change. Okay, so maybe that wipes out mankind in 500 years. But I'm you know, I'm more concerned about the nuclear holocaust in the next couple of years. 500 years isn't two minutes. Come on. And you know what they totally left out was bears. <laughs> what about bears? <laughs> and we do and we do have a new CNN poll out this week that shows President Trump losing to Oprah Winfrey in a 2020 run by 9 points, 51 oh, no. to 42%. Lacking. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. So, so what was the the score there? It was 51 to 42%. Oprah taking it. I, if I was Trump, I'd be happy with that news because that—that's before any attempt whatsoever to, uh, you know, may, have Oprah take positions on these various right. things sure. and all that sort of stuff. Well, and, and Trump is taking a thorough beating from the nation's media, so you it's think? hard to right. believe the numbers to get much lower. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, forty-two percent—that appears to be his yeah. ceiling, though. There's no way he'll be president. Latest uh, poll numbers yesterday right. he was at approval was at forty-five. Yeah. Um, his highest ever was 48. He's within the margin of area there. So he, there you, you know, go, surging. Well, Bob, it he's must... not surging, but he's certainly in get-reelected territory based on history. What's the lowest so far, 39%? He, I think it? he's been lower than that, okay. mid-30s. All right. Uh, he, he can go ahead and breathe easier, though, because Oprah now says a presidential run in 2020 is not something that interests her. Really? What? Oh, yes. you took the air out of the balloon. Yes. She what? talked to InStyle magazine. She said she doesn't have the DNA for the presidency. Winfrey well, acknowledges she's met with someone who said they would help her with the campaign, but uh, she concluded by saying, it's just not for me. I wonder if she does, feels she doesn't have the DNA for the presidency or for running for president, because those are two completely different things. Hmm. There's a lot of people that think they could be president, yeah. but they don't want to go through the getting right. elected process, because right. it's hellish. You know, it's interesting. I, I read some of this interview in InStyle magazine. I'm a subscriber. I have been for years. You Very can good. tell by looking at me. But <laughs> yes. um, she, uh, she also says she's taken it down a notch, her taking in a TV and media news and stuff. So she she's says, checking out one foot in the grave. Yeah, well, no. She says it's just it's not good for you. No, it's not. I don't get up and turn on the TV first thing in the morning. I spend some quiet time. Um, I try not to lean into the hysteria. I kick Stedman in the sack. Let him know who's boss. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I paid for all of this. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you tell me that every that day when we wake that up. Took a I'm nasty tired of turn. it. Jeez. All right. That's a wrap. That's wow. your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West. Who's your sugar mama? She says to him every day, you are Oprah. Who paid for everything? You did, honey. Kind of an ugly portrayal of the Winfrey household that I put out there. <laughs> it's fictionalized, highly fictionalized. All right, and, yeah, exactly. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know if the Arab Spring is officially dead or if it officially died a while back, but uh, the last challenger in Egypt's presidential race dropped out yesterday. Mm. So now it's just full-on president. I'm using my finger quotes. Al-Sisi uh, will run for re-election unopposed as a military dictator. Very popular. 
Yeah. Nobody even wants to run against him. Well, the guy who's running against him said, there's no point. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is clearly a fixed. Right. Why would it bother? Speaking of presidential candidates, once again, the great Oprah Winfrey, um, reading the uh, some some more of the interview with InStyle magazine in which she said, no, nah, I don't have the DNA for running. I really don't have any interest in that right now, which is amazing how little attention that's getting, com- as far as I can tell, um, compared to the she yeah, might yeah. craze. I thought that would be breaking news, breaking news. Did people not take it seriously? I did. Uh, the original thing? Yeah, or, the original. She, she. Oh, I think people took it very seriously. Well, then why aren't they taking the fact that she's not going to run as a big deal? Seems like a big deal. Because they're not. I'm I'm telling you, what's underappreciated is uh, what I always say. There's so much news that's chosen uh, by enthusiasm. The assignments are handed out. The stories are written. The stories are requested, et cetera, through enthusiasm. And there was great enthusiasm for the idea of Oprah coming along and saving us from the evil Trump. There's almost no enthusiasm for her rather uh, uh, um, unequivocal statement that she does not want to run. Or having a candidate that you can count on, you know, everybody get behind. Because yeah. I like presidential politics for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. And, uh, God, I think this trying to sort out who's going to be the person to run against Trump is going to be something to watch. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have all the politicos. At each other's throats and 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 just in in pathetic like teenage boys after the head cheerleader pursuit of the crown, a, you know, throwing their dignity away completely. Then you got all the non politicos who might throw their hat in the ring from your oh yeah. Mark's Cuban to your Oprah's Winfrey. According to the New York Times, everybody that's currently on the list uh, that's out there and pretty obviously going to try to run, they're all trying to get to the left of each other. Yeah. Getting further and further left, which I'm not sure is a recipe for success, but mm. we'll see. We shall see. So in this Oprah interview, she says uh, a number of interesting things. I've always found her a really interesting person. That doesn't mean I, I love everything she does. I think she has been a promoter of quacks and fake cures and, and stuff like that through the years. But she's a really, really interesting woman. But um, one thing I've heard her say before, she talks about Maya Angelou used to say to me, I'm quoting Oprah now, when people show you who they are. Oprah, you dropped a name there, Yeah, Oprah. exactly. Excuse, sorry about <laughs> yeah, that. She does that a lot. She's into that. Uh, can we get past that, please? There's a little wisdom here. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll stand by for the wisdom. If the white men would pipe down so I can Oof. quote Maya Angelou. See how easy that is? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's like using a spoon. It's practically <laughs> effortless. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, what makes me... Oh, hey, Maya used to say to me, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. She said, babe, your problem is that you have to be shown 29 times. That is a good saying. Yeah. You know, there's also, you know, sometimes you have to give people a little slack for having had a bad day or something. Well, there's that. But, but, but yeah, I, I see what she's talking about. She's absolutely right. I got a mentor type dude who, who, who used to say uh, to people, you're angry at them for being who they are. <clears throat> and you've known who they are for a very long time. And now you're still mad that they showed you once again. Who they are. Right. And you're acting surprised or... Disappointed. Yeah. 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 It's worth contemplating. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I really liked, I'm going to have to use the word spit instead of uh, the common vernacular uh, word for poo. Uh, spit. There are, it rhymes, actually. The question is, tell me about life in your 60s. Now, that's not a question. That's a prompt. The prompt is, <laughs> tell me about... You think it's easy being a grammar Nazi? God, so many wow. meetings. You got to keep your boots shined. See, everybody would have been fine if you'd have just kept going, but yeah, you couldn't I, do I it. I can't. You couldn't do it. I can't. <laughs> Tell me about your life in your 60s. Oprah says, You take no spit. 
None. Not a bit. In your 40s, you want to say you take no spit, but you still do. In your 60s, you take none. (laughs) Something to look forward to. I understand that. There's both a quickening and a calming. There's a sense that you don't have as much time on Earth as you once did. For me, there's also a sense of calming about that. Hmm. I don't feel the calming. I feel the quickening. You're not in your 60s yet. No, no. It'll come. The calming? The calming. Take no spit. I'm in the uncomfortable, it's only quickening phase. Yeah. I still take spit. I'll acknowledge it. How much time do I got, Michael? I'm feeling the day that will soon, okay. soon dawn when I don't take spit. Yeah, here's an interesting story on that. Okay. That uh, only, I think, just because of the particular experience I had, do I, do I know about. So, when I was, like, uh, pretty far into being sick with cancer and the treatment and everything like that, and worried, am I going to live and all this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. I had a moment where I was, I was leaving the house to go to the store for something. And I'm shuffling at the house, and I thought, I want to wear my cowboy hat. I like wearing a cowboy hat, Mm -hmm. but I only wear it sometimes because I have some, I didn't even realize I had this, but I have some, people are making fun of me, mocking me, whatever, not cool. You're standing out a little bit. Even though I would say out loud, or I would say to myself, I don't care what other people think. Mm -hmm. But obviously I did some. And I put on my cowboy hat, and I had this like complete 100% to my bones feeling of, I just don't care. Wow. More than I'd ever had in my life. Freedom, huh? I thought I'd had it before. Just like Oprah Oprah is saying. Right. You think you're not taking an ES in your 40s, but you were. Yeah. And you reach a point where you actually aren't. And I had, for the first time, just like this complete, it does not matter. And I I thought at the time, why did I ever care what anybody thought? Mm. That's what's weird. Why Why was there ever a period of time where I did care? Then there's that ancient piece of wisdom that says, you know, eventually you realize they weren't thinking about you right. anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? That's a good point. I, I'm glad you said that. Uh, you know what? I'm wearing panties right now. <laughs> and I don't care who Cause, knows. Because it makes you feel <laughs> pretty. Pretty. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> and now, Sleeve Boy presents Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Is there a reason that there's like two seconds of dead space on that clip? Can we tighten that up? Yeah. It's the go-go 21st century. Is it? Yes. Here's your host for final <laughs> clip, final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Michelangelo, final thought. Well, I am disappointed that Oprah's not running for presidency, but Martin O'Malley, he finally has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Chafee, where are you? The metric system. Positive Sean, your final thoughts, sir. You will stop caring what other people think about you when you realize how little they often do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, Marshall, what's your final thought? Well, I heard you gentlemen talking about having to make a dump run. Well, if you have to do that, my tip is you find a landfill near an Indian casino <laughs> and multitask. That's right. You pay your fee with your winnings. Indeed. I'm a fool. Why didn't I think of that? Jack, what's your final thought for us? Keeping on that theme, you know, caring what other people think, to a certain extent, with certain things, is good for society. Absolutely. You you should care that people think you're a good uh, parent or whatever. But on this other stuff, like what you're wearing and whatever, that's your ego. My ego. That's my ego being out of control, like it matters to people what I wear. That is a problem with me, not with other people, if Mm. I'm worried about that sort of thing. Interesting. We need to, like, run an EST class or something. We got to do more of this sort of thing. I'm feeling empowered. You know, you're right. It is an ego thing, because I'm willing to tell you that I'm wearing panties, (laughs) but I'm afraid to tell you what size. (laughs) So... I still have my insecurities. XXL. That's it. Michael, Michael! Oh, boy. You're body shaming. 
<laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Our contact info is there. You can uh, text at us. You can tweet at us. You can email us. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Armstrong and Getty at yahoo.com. Y'all do a great job of uncovering really interesting stuff. Tomorrow, Friday show, always good. We all do jello shots right before 6 o'clock when we get started. Party! See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Justice requires weighing things. That's why Lady Justice is holding a scale and not a sawed-off shotgun. I kicked Stedman in the sack. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.